0: On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special crossover edition between the Locked On Gamecocks and the Locked On Kentucky. Podcasts. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon from the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, joined today by Lance Stahl over at Lockdown Kentucky. Thank y'all for making both of our podcasts your first listen every day, depending on which fan base you are a part of. Both shows are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And we got a big matchup coming up between both of these teams at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Saturday night. But before we get into today's matchup and breaking everything down, we want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our sponsors over at Upside. You can download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. So... To start off today's crossover show, let's get into sort of the biggest story for both of these teams. And obviously, Lance, you've probably got the biggest story for your team between the both of our teams heading into this matchup on Saturday as Kentucky, course, lost a heartbreaker in Oxford, Mississippi this past Saturday, losing 22-19 to to the Ole Miss Rebels. So coming off of a loss like that, Lance, what's the biggest story for the Wildcats and how do you think it can impact their team?
0: Well, I think the biggest thing for the fan base right now, the biggest storyline he- heading into this game, Andrew, is how do they rebound? You know, they had several opportunities to kind of win that game in Oxford. They had two trips inside the red zone in the final three minutes of that game, I believe. Two fumbles by Will Levis. Mark Stoops said that he believed the Wildcats had played well and they had opportunities to take that victory and just came up short and they shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. I think the biggest storyline for the Wildcats heading into this one is how do they clean those things up moving forward? Because I think there's a lot of frustration in the fan bases, which is weird to say, given that it's Kentucky football, right? It's not been like a a perennial perennial powerhouse over the last couple of decades. But there's frustration saying, oh, well, the dream season's over. Oh, well, we can discount this. We can discount that. And my message has been so far this week is, no, it's not over. And it starts this week with South Carolina. And so you have to turn the page. You go to your next opponent and you work things out. So it's the biggest question of whether or not Kentucky can actually work those things out. A missed field goal, a safety, turnovers on downs, like I mentioned, the two fumbles, just cleaning those things up against an opponent that you have a decent amount of history with and and an opponent that you have had some history recently uh, beating.
1: Right. No, I completely agree with your point. And, you know, regarding the biggest story on South Carolina's side of things, the fact is that, you know, unlike Kentucky, who got all the way up into the top 10 in most polls, for this past week before their matchup against Ole Miss, South Carolina sort of been on the opposite side of the spectrum. They have not really lived up to the hype that they had, both locally in the fan base and also nationally up to this point in the season. Of course, they got the big additions of Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner from Oklahoma that everyone remembers from this past December, along with a bunch of other key transfers that they added to the team. And so there was an expectation that South Carolina would maybe not take a monumental jump, but that they could maybe, you know, Pull off a couple upsets against some of the perennial historical programs in the SEC East and maybe, you know, win one of those crossover matchups from the SEC West against either Arkansas or Texas A&M. But up to this point... Uh, they've yet to play a complete four quarters against their opponent. I mean, they were blown out against Georgia in Columbia-South Carolina back in Week 3, and they lost in convincing fashion to Arkansas. While a lot of Gamecock fans, I think, thought that that could very well be the case, I don't think that they liked seeing the way that South Carolina lost both of those games, where it just never seemed like things were really that close between both teams. And they also even struggled at times in the first half against South Carolina State, Charlotte, and Georgia State, all of which, of course, are not Arkansas and Georgia. And But all three of those teams have won a combined three games up to this point. So South Carolina has definitely, again, they've not lived up to the expectations that they probably set on themselves and that their fan base set on them heading into this season. And, you know, you look at South Carolina's offense and defense, From an execution standpoint, I mean, they're both showing a lot of reoccurring issues from last year, which is a big frustration with the fan base because offensively, they consistently have not been able to run the ball well against teams that have a defense with the Pulse, quite honestly. And on the defensive side, they're having issues with being uh, where they're supposed to be in the run game, being out of position way too many times. And now they're having issues getting to the quarterback, at least up to this point this season. So this game has really turned into a big inflection point or a fork in the road for South Carolina in the early stages of the Shane Beamer tenure here in Columbia because Carolina fans, to be honest, they've always expected to win this football game. And like you mentioned, Kentucky's won this game their fair share over the last eight, nine years or so. But South Carolina sort of always looked at Kentucky as a team that is below them. And, you know, again, that might not be saying a whole lot, but For a good while, that was the case. But Mark Stoops has completely changed all that. And Gamecock fans circle this game every year now because they want to see this series turn back to the favor of the South Carolina Gamecocks. And they also want a show offensively. They want the offense to live up to the talent that they have on the roster. Because if they don't get that, then um, honestly, some coaches might start having some calls being made for their jobs. And I'm not saying, of course, that's fair for South Carolina's case. But, you know, there's a frustration with the lack of progression with this football team being in year two under Shane Beamer.
0: You talk about questions with progression, and I think probably the second biggest storyline for the Wildcats heading into this game is whether or not their run game can make some progression now that Chris Rodriguez is back in the line lineup serve a four game suspension uh, to begin the season against Ole Miss last week there are some fans that thought that he was going to contribute significantly I said on my show he was going to run for 80 yards he ran for 74 he contributed in the spots that I thought he was going to he was key in certain moments for the Wildcats obviously scored a touchdown in that game but whether or not this offensive line which is just straight up been putrid in the run, run game so far this season. Whether or not they can actually attack the South Carolina defense, I think is going to be key. And we can get, the, get into this more uh, in the matchups later. But statistically, if I'm not mistaken, South Carolina's rush defense is 13th in the conference right now. And so statistically, I think you don't necessarily look at this and say, "Oh, well, that's an area where Kentucky's going to run for 200 yards." Because again, they faced off against the Miami of Ohio's, the Youngstown states of the world, and they've still not been able to run the ball. So I'm not going to sit here and say, "Well, that's the reason why Kentucky's going to win this game." But also. It's another opportunity to be had. Can you make some progression in that area? So yeah, getting Chris Rodriguez and Cavassier Smoke going. And then also the final thing with this rushing, rushing attack, Will Levis last year was a legitimate dual threat quarterback. And he has not been able to get anything going this season. And I think the sacks obviously contribute to the negative rushing total that he has right now. But he's just simply not been able to get anything going. Now, whether or not he all of a sudden turns it around and becomes a mobile quarterback in this game, uh, is that possible? I doubt it. But it's another aspect of this attack that could possibly be there. So, yeah, just finding progression and making the offense less one dimensional, I think, is going to be key for Kentucky in this game. Whether or not they do that, though, that's the question.
1: It's an interesting question that you bring up, Lance, especially regarding Kentucky's sort of lack of ability to be able to run the ball consistently, and then South Carolina's inability to stop the run on defense, because you could ask sort of the same question, but flip-flopping it for pass protection on Kentucky's side of the ball, and for South Carolina's case, being able to get to the quarterback and bring him down. And of course, we're going to touch on all of that with some of those key matchups in just a few moments, but first... We need to talk to y'all about everything that's going on in the world right now. We know that inflation is hurting all of you, and we know that sometimes y'all are cringing at the pump, and you maybe are even getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant because inflation is hitting you everywhere, and that's why we have started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside, along with Lance, And it has helped to alleviate our wallets wherever we go, you know, maybe to make our weekly run of groceries or if we're going to get gas after we've just been to the gym or if we're buying anything online to make our setups look any better for all of you who are watching this show on YouTube today. This isn't too good to be true. It's free and easy to use and take it from us. We've used it and it works great. So to get started, download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you can claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside side and check in at the business, paying as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week, and if you still question just how good they are, we'll let the 4.8 star rating on the App Store speak for itself. So download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCK. Welcome back to today's special crossover edition between the Locked On Gamecocks podcast and the Locked On Kentucky podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon here with Lance Daw over at Locked On Kentucky, and we're going to continue our conversation about this pivotal matchup for both of these teams heading into Saturday night. Obviously, both teams needing this win for differing reasons. So let's talk about some of the key matchups for this game. Lance, what are some spots where you think that the Kentucky Wildcats could potentially exploit South Carolina?
0: Well, like I mentioned, and we can get into more of Kentucky's offensive line, because like you said, it works both ways. You know, it goes back to, I think the biggest area that Kentucky could potentially exploit South Carolina is in the rushing department. You know, Chris Rodriguez, like I mentioned, is going to be the primary back in this game, but he's not the only guy on this roster that can make a legitimate impact on the ground. Cavassier, Smoke, despite all of the inconsistencies up front, He's averaging a decent uh, yards per carry number so far this season, and he's that speed back complimentary to C-Rod. So if Kentucky's not necessarily able to get things going in between the tackles, I think finding opportunities on the outside with smoke are there to be had in this game. It's just the question of whether or not Kentucky actually goes out and makes that execution happen. I, I think that that truly is one of the biggest statistical question marks in this game is how many rushing yards does Kentucky have how many attempts do they have and what is their yards per carry average if they can get a decent yards per carry average and actually establish the ground game it's going to do a couple of things for the Wildcats first of all obviously it's going to help them control the pace that's something that Mark Stoops has said is part of their offensive identity I know that they've been throwing the ball a lot this year but even though they've been throwing it there's not a whole lot of tempo to be had there with that. They've still kind of managed to slow things down. If you can complement that with a running game, I think you can have a pretty efficient day offensively. And then something else it also does, and maybe you can tell me a little bit more about this, Andrew, is I know Spencer Rattler statistically has not been the best quarterback this season, but he's still a former five-star quarterback that has all of the athletic tools to go out there and make plays. I know that four touchdowns to seven interceptions is not the best statistical uh, stat line in the world, but I don't want to give him more opportunities than I already have to. So managing the game, slowing it down, pacing yourself, and giving South Carolina less opportunities to see the field, I think all of it comes back to whether or not you can actually run the football, and that's the biggest thing for me uh, with this offensive line heading into this contest.
1: One thing that has definitely been a constant with Mark Stoops' Kentucky program for the last several years has been that they do like to dictate the pace of their football games. And so when you do have that passing attack going with that rushing attack, it, it could definitely help out Kentucky in a great deal, especially again in a game where they're looking for a bounce back win. For South Carolina's case, let's continue the conversation about the play at the line of scrimmage because – South Carolina's defensive line, Kentucky's offensive line, in terms of pass protection and pass rush, let's be honest, based on the numbers, it doesn't look so great so far this year. For South Carolina, through five games already, one of those games being against an FCS opponent, South Carolina's defense has only registered four sacks. That's less than one sack Per game for Kentucky on their side of things, through five games this season, three of them being against either an FCS opponent or a Group of Five team, they have allowed 19 sacks. So this is a clear case of where something's got to give here, and there's two positions where I think uh, that could take place for South Carolina, based on what I saw from the Ole Miss game when they played against Kentucky this past weekend. Defensive tackle Zach Pickens facing off against Kentucky's left guard in Jager. Burton. He's a redshirt freshman who, in my eyes, has struggled in both pass protection and run blocking, and he only played in three games this past season. While Zach Pickens, the man who he'll probably be going up against on Saturday night, He's played in 40 games in his career, and he is a senior. He's looked at as one of the leaders of this defense, and while he might not wow you with his finesse moves, he has a lot of sheer power and strength and can absolutely dominate guys just purely based off those couple of pass rush moves. So I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup for those who are looking for sort of a one-on-one matchup in the trenches from South Carolina's defense going up against Kentucky's offensive line. And another matchup up front in my opinion could be Jordan Birch going up against either Jeremy Flax or David Wallaba, who I'm not sure which player could end up playing. I've heard reports that Flax could be out with an injury that he suffered this past weekend against Ole Miss, but Flax seems, again, a little bit subpar in pass protection, especially against someone who is really explosive, and Jordan Birch brings that. He's got legit 4-4-4-5 four, 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 speed at defensive end, which is just nightmares for any offensive tackle, and he was a five-star coming out of high school who has started to really live up to the hype more so this year. And he's played in 26 games, and, you know, he brings a lot of talent and athleticism. So it'll be interesting to see that matchup in the trenches in terms of looking at South Carolina's defense going up against Kentucky's offensive line.
0: Yeah. And just to give an update there on Flax, to me, it does not look like Flax is going to be able to go this Saturday. I would be surprised if he was out there. So it is probably going to be Wally, which is not good. I mean, you look at their PFF numbers. I mean, neither of those guys have been particularly impressive so far this season. So uh, that's definitely a matchup where you like South Carolina from a talent standpoint. I think in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball, it's just statistically they've not necessarily been there this season. And so the question is, can they find opportunities and can they get home? I think another matchup that you have to look at is Carrington Valentine, Keydron Smith, two of Kentucky's defensive backs, against Spencer Rattler and this receiving core. South Carolina, right now, if I'm not mistaken, they've lost 13 turnovers this season, which is uh, which is last in the SEC. But their turnover margin is somewhere like in the middle of the pack because they've actually gained seven turnovers as well. How Carrington Valentine and Keydron Smith specifically perform against? These South Carolina receivers and Spencer Rattler is going to be interesting. Antron Wells Jr., Jalen Brooks, for the Gamecocks. You have to keep an eye on those two guys unless there's an injury there or that, I, that I'm unaware of, Andrew. I believe those two guys are y'all's two best receivers from a statistical standpoint. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But how how Kentucky secondary plays against a passing attack that can throw the football around. I mean, y'all are averaging almost 260 passing yards a game is going to be crucial, and then trying to create some of those turnovers. Last season, Kentucky was terrible at creating turnovers. And this season, they've done a little bit better of a job at that. South Johanna giving the ball away at an extremely high rate. That's an area where I think, I don't want to predict it because it's difficult to predict turnovers, but it's an area where I could see at the end of the day if Kentucky ends up winning this game and covering the spread, I think that's an area where you can look and say, Spencer Rattler didn't have a good day. The receivers couldn't create separation against two of Kentucky's best best corners, both of which PFF really likes, and there were turnovers. So that's another area, I think, where you're looking at that matchup and saying that could be a huge turning point in this matchup as well.
1: Right. I completely agree with you on that because that was going to be a talking point of mine as well. Because when you look at South Carolina's skill position, South Carolina fans would tell you this first and foremost. Regarding the wide receiver spot, they felt really confident in this position heading into this season because they thought there was a lot of depth here. And so far, you are right. Antoine Wells Jr. and Jalen Brooks have been by far the best receivers out wide for the Gamecocks. Been a little bit of a shocking season for Josh Fan in terms of he has not made a whole lot of productive plays on this offense. And again, there could be a whole lot of factors that are playing into that. But the bottom line is, South Carolina, I think everyone would agree they've got talent out wide, but the question is, can they make things happen? Of course, Brad White, being the defensive mastermind that he is with this Kentucky defense, does he draw up some schemes up front that tries to get a lot of pressure on Spencer Rattler? I think that Kentucky's only got six sacks on the year on defense heading into this contest. So if you can pressure Spencer Rattler, I can tell you this much you're probably going to force him to make a really bad decision because Spencer tries to get the ball out one way or another. So it could be a golden opportunity for Kentucky to get some turnovers here. But if they can thwart off Kentucky's defensive front long enough for the majority of this contest, then South Carolina can maybe take advantage of the extra time in the pocket and be able to sort of pick apart this Kentucky defense play-by-play play over the course of the ball game.
0: Tell me about the South Carolina offensive line here real quick, Andrew. Tell me how they're doing in pass protection right now. Has that been maybe an issue as to why Spencer Rattler's been so turnover prone? Is it too much pressure? Is it a lot of guys being sent in his face? What's going on there?
1: There has certainly been times where South Carolina's offensive line has not given Spencer Rattler enough help. You definitely saw this against, I believe, Arkansas and Georgia, which makes sense because again, Arkansas plays very fast and physical up front, and Georgia is just loaded with hundreds of five stars, as Shane Beamer would like to put it, um, on their roster, and. Especially in terms of trying to run a pro-style offense, there's times where it seems like South Carolina is a bit handicapped in what they can do, especially in terms of drop-back play-action plays, because the tackles just aren't able to keep up with the guys they're facing on the edge. And from one, from what I saw from Kentucky's game against Ole Miss, they got some guys like Jordan Wright, like Deion Walker, who are solid pass rushers at the edge point of attack. So, It hasn't necessarily been all on Spencer Rattler, but Rattler's also had issues in terms of maneuvering and leaving the pocket, knowing when it's time to take off and run, missing some guys that were wide open on maybe some underneath drag routes and things of that nature. So it's been a confluence of factors that have led to South Carolina having 13 turnovers through five games. And of course, there's been a bunch of fumbles as well from the running back unit and, you know, Again, South Carolina's got to get that cleaned up. There's no question about that because it doesn't really matter what the talent on paper is and maybe, you know, all the other factors that could lead to you potentially winning a football game. If you can't hold on to the football, you're more than likely going to lose the game at the end of the day.
0: I think the final thing I would have to say here about matchups is you go and look at special teams and it's something that a lot of people I don't think – really discuss whenever they're breaking down individual games I think you've got to look at Kentucky's kicker Mark Ruffalo and the matchup is against himself Uh, you know he's not been necessarily uh, good so far during his uh, fifth year with the Wildcats and he's had his ups and downs kicking extra points and kicking field goals and look Kentucky right now 13th in the SEC in red zone conversion percentage They're having a hard time whenever they get down there actually punching it into the end zone or coming away with a field goal. If South Carolina is able to bend and not break in this game, Kentucky is going to have to rely on Matt Ruffalo to actually make some kicks this week. Uh, The question whether or not he can actually do that. So I think that's the final thing I would have here in terms of matchups is Kentucky's kicker against himself. Can we get those extra points whenever the offense is not able to get it into the end zone?
1: Welcome back to this special crossover edition of the locked on Gamecocks and locked on Kentucky podcast. Once again, I'm Andrew Lyon with locked on Kentucky podcast host Lance Dahl, giving y'all our final thoughts on this matchup heading into Saturday night. So Lance, we've talked all about the matchups that both of these teams have going in their favor. We've talked about the big storylines and the impact that these storylines could have for these teams heading into this contest. So When you look at this game from a bird's eye view over the course of 60 minutes, how do you think this game is going to play out and what do you think the final score is going to be for this contest?
0: Well, I like the fact that this one's in Lexington first and foremost. I like the fact that Kentucky is playing at home in this game and not on the road. South Carolina in need of a momentum-building game, right? Like you mentioned, not necessarily playing the most complete football right now. If this was in Columbia, I would have some major concerns about whether or not Kentucky could actually go and pull this game off because we've seen Kentucky start really slow against, I would not say, okay, take this as you will, Andrew, and this may be offensive. Kentucky's favored by what, nine and a half, ten 10 in this game, according to Bet Online. It's yes. a game that Kentucky should win. In games against opponents that Kentucky should beat, they have started off slow or incredibly slow. Uh, it does not matter who the opponent is. South Carolina 100% has an opportunity to go out and win this game if they don't make mistakes and they're able to take advantage of some of Kentucky's injuries that they have on both sides of the ball and Kentucky has another day on special teams where things are just... All out of sorts. South Carolina can absolutely win this game. But as of right now, I like the Wildcats and what they're doing with Chris Rodriguez back. I don't expect him to go off in this game, but I do expect him to be another factor uh, in this offense like he was last week against Ole Miss. I think you're going to see him start to kind of get back into the rhythm of things. And I don't want to necessarily say that's the end-all be-all for the Wildcats, that, oh, Chris Rodriguez is back and he's going to win us this game, but it truly is one of the biggest things in this matchup. I think it could decide whether or not the Wildcats cover in this game, whether or not he's able to find the end zone once. And so I think my final score right now, 31-21, to 21. Uh, online has this line at nine and a half in favor of the Wildcats. I'll say they barely cover. And I think the over hits there are the over under 49 points. So I think Kentucky does get this game uh, under wraps. And I think statistically, and then on paper, there's too many things going against the Gamecocks for me to sit here and pick my team to lose at home. So I'm more than willing to pick the other team when I think the other team is better or they have momentum or they have mismatches that, that they can take advantage of against the Wildcats. But in this game, Andrew, unless you can talk me out of it, I I think Kentucky does find a way to cover in this game.
1: Well, unfortunately Lance, I am going to agree with you on the fact that I do think that Kentucky's going to win this game at the end of the day. I've got a lot of concerns about some minute issues that game that South Carolina's got on both offense and defense. And I feel like that that's sort of been hidden away from a bunch of other fan bases for the last couple of weeks because of the fact that South Carolina has again been able to play games against Charlotte and South Carolina State, obviously games that are not going to draw the biggest of the most viewership out of all the football games you can watch on a Saturday. Well, Kentucky, of course kind of had the same deal, but more so at the beginning of the year. So, Lance, it is interesting because it does seem like that both of these teams sort of have some flaws that have not really been exposed to a great degree yet, or at least over the course of you know two-thirds to three-quarters of the season. So, I think that this game between South Carolina and Kentucky, it's going to be a game where you're really going to see like, okay, what are some of the things that we can rely on? Who are some of the players that we can rely on going forward? And where do we need to have some concerns? Where do we need to maybe try to go back to square one regarding maybe some of the problems we're having here or there. And for South Carolina right now, they have their byway coming up after the Kentucky game and Kentucky has been known as a team that maybe, again, doesn't always match their opponent on paper in terms of talent, but they're a very, very well-coached football team. And unfortunately, from an overall aspect in that regard, I just don't think that South Carolina can out-coach this Kentucky coaching staff for 60 minutes. I do think that South Carolina can take advantage of a couple different um, areas of concern for Kentucky. Again, you talk about the pass protection on the Wildcats offensive line. You talk about their inability to get to the quarterback. If you can scheme some ways to get to Will Levis, get him to stay in the pocket, get some more sacks, and also protect Spencer Rattler, keep him upright, give him time to really digest everything that's going on on the football field, I think you can give yourself a great chance to win this game. And I do think South Carolina will keep this close. But at the end of the day, I think Kentucky's gonna manage to pull it out, ironically enough, by a field goal. I think Kentucky's gonna win this game by a final score of twenty-four to twenty-one. I think there's gonna be some ugly portions of this game for both teams, quite honestly, whether it's self-inflicting or the other team just flat out can't get anything done. Uh, but at the end of the day, again, I'd give the coaching advantage to Kentucky, and you got home field after a heartbreaking loss. I think this is a mature Kentucky Wildcats football team. I do think they're going to bounce back from that. And South Carolina, you know, I think there's still going to be too many moments where they're going to be trying to press a little bit too hard, and it's going to end up biting them at the end of the day. So I got Kentucky win this football game, which, and it would not cover the spread that Online has set at 9.5 or 10 points, nor would it meet the over-under, I believe that's set at 48 or 49, like. You said earlier so I got the under for those purposes for those of you who are going to be gambling on this game but nonetheless it seems like the both of us agree that Kentucky is going to win this football game but what are all of y'all's thoughts we want to hear y'all down below in the comment section if you're watching today's show on YouTube or if you got any other thoughts that you want to let us know about be sure to go hit us on Twitter. You can find me at a line underscore sc and Lance Dahl over at Locked On UK for the Locked On Kentucky podcast. We thank all of you for tuning in to today's show. We hope to catch y'all on the next one on both our podcasts. Let's hope for a great game. Have a good day, everybody.